Last week we were talking about not just being uh, sexual. What was like not not just having sex, but being sexual. Right. So uh, you left with these great ideas, like how to go shopping with your mate and kind of view them from a distance. And I got, I did not tell you that you totally did not go down the same track that I was thinking with you on that that sexy dare there. How so? Well, um, in my imagination, there was dressing rooms and. Um, you know, trying on wardrobes. Oh, so it wasn't just this whole go do it separately. It was go do it. <laughs> no. <laughs> is, that what you're, is that what you're saying there, Gina? Is that what you're no, talking about? No, I thought we were raising just a little danger. Oh. Not not doing it, just, you yeah, know, well, the dress, dressing room I guess danger. I guess we should use a little disclaimer then as we are beginning <laughs> our show this time that the advice given by your hosts, uh, <laughs> use at your own risk. <laughs> right we can't guarantee um safety if you go in search of danger yeah do not bring us down with you if <laughs> if you go down and i'll just leave that one dangling just like it is uh this is sexy marriage radio with dr Corey allen and gina paris where we're trying to have a good time talking about sex and life and marriage and all that that entails uh, you can find more from us at sexymarriageradio.com and we want to hear from you. We, we get lots of emails and even some calls from our listeners. And we want to hear from you. If you've got questions, feedback, thoughts, comments, criticism, we're open for anything. <laughs> Call us at 615-567-3996 or email at feedback at sexymarriageradio.com. And today's show is sponsored by the Sexy Summit Series, which is a collection of 10 of the top experts in the world of sex and marriage to help you turn your sex life on. The way I think of it is it's it's like having 10 of these experts, which was myself, I guess, is included. That's right. Is you're having them over for dinner and they're all sitting around the table and it's just some casual conversations that will help you spice up and enliven up your sex life. And it's hosted by our very own Gina Paris. So you can check out that at sexymarriageradio.com and just click on the mm-hmm. store and you will find that resource at your fingertips. That's right. That was a good time. That was. And that's, I, I still get comments from readers. Yeah, off, absolutely. Off, I do too. Off a of simple marriage on how cool that was and how mm-hmm. helpful that was. So well done, Gina. That was, that was, a, that's you. a great resource that is out there. And it also leads us right into a great topic to discuss today. Oh, yes. It's something It's something you've heard before, I think, <laughs> from our conversations, and it's something that we got an email from um, just this week on how there's listeners to the show. Uh, it's actually a husband and wife, and they listen together. Mm-hmm. And his concern, this is an email from the husband, his concern is for his wife, it seems like the information goes in one ear and out the other because while they have regular sex, and I don't know what regular means, that was not quantified, but they do have regular sex, but there's no real deep connection associated with it. There's no intimacy associated with the sex. So it's just sex mm-hmm. for sex sake almost. And, and so they're interested in what do we do about that? Because it, it, it produces a lot of pain. It, I mean, it, I can understand that where if all you're having is just 
sex, that can be pretty painful if you're looking for connection. Right. And so the issue is kind of this idea, because someone after the uh, sexy summit has sort of said the same thing too. Like we listen to all these, but it's in one ear and out the other. My mate is not changing. So we're kind of talking about both of those angles. What's not changing and where, what's this lack of connection all about? Right. And so let's not, let's not be theoretical today. Let's be practical today. Right. We'll, we'll spend just a, I want to spend just a brief moment on why this occurs maybe or, or how, but then I want to spend a majority of time on what to do about it. Well, what, what's more urgent here than no connection, the sex with no connection or listening to stuff? Like we're hoping that people that listen to Sexy Marriage Radio are making some changes, but we have made the point before, making your needs known or listening to something new, it's not going to automatically mean a change. Right. Just speaking that, up that doesn't, mean, make, right. doesn't bring about a shift. Right. Right. Your mate's not going to suddenly say, oh, okay, honey, yeah. I'll do it your way from now on. Because that make yeah, there's a whole different dynamic because if you've, if you've had sex with the same person any length of time, I can almost guarantee you they know what you like and don't like. You, you would think so, but that's not always true. And we're, we're going to take this moment. You think so? <laughs> so she, remind you, Corey and I are not married to each other. <laughs> that's true. <laughs> I don't think they always know what you like and don't like. Corey, people are not even talking. Here's going to be my overriding uh, answer to this issue both ways. Okay. This intimacy problem and the not changing problem. I think a huge root of it is not communicating problem. It's, okay, so it's not speaking up? Absolutely. Okay, because I, I want to be careful on, and clear on it's not not communicating because you cannot not communicate. Sorry, there's my psycho babble. Double <laughs> negative. I know, I saw it coming, there. like a, well, you, like a you long the, Hail Mary you, yeah, pass. You opened the door for it, so I had to walk <laughs> through it. because everything... Ladies and gentlemen, it is impossible to not communicate. Thank you. Thank you, Dr. Allen. Thank you. So the issue then is, how do you handle the message? Because even in this email, this email goes on from the, our listener to say, we have to be mute. It's, it's, it has to be a mute in our conversation. We aren't allowed to talk about it. Right. And my thought is, yes, you are. Well, yeah, why not? <laughs> she may not like to talk about it, but you have every right to talk about whatever you want. And that's the issue. See, I can bring something up and my wife would shut down. And typically sure. her shutdown would shut me down. But if it's important to me, I want to keep talking. I want to keep at least expressing what I'm feeling or what I'm thinking, knowing it may not change it and it likely won't. But at least I've done what I can do to start to change things. But normally people speak up and they're not thinking, I, I can't control the outcome. They are so frustrated thinking, you know, God, I'm finally going to speak up and force a change. Right. So then the whole attitude of, of the conversation is frustrating. So. Okay. So let me give you, let's, let's give one tip real quick right here on, because these are intense conversations. These are emotionally charged conversations. You know, it seems like they any, can be very sexy conversations as well. Absolutely, they can. But I think if you're dealing with a marriage where sex is an issue, where you have some sort of issue tied to sex, that's a very, very personal topic. And so it's one of those topics that it defenses can jump up quickly. Right. You know, because it's it's dealing with, hey, I want to talk about our sex life, you know, and then immediately your spouse's defenses could just 
come on full force. And it could be just because they don't know what's wrong themselves and they don't know how to fix it and they're clueless and they don't want to get into a more helpless feeling and helpless state than they already already feeling. So it, it's just so emotionally charged. And so one of the things you can do when it comes to emotionally charged conversations is don't force them to be eye-to-eye, face-to-face conversations. Because it seems like oftentimes when you're, when you're wanting to have a conversation, there's such importance placed on, well, you need to look at me. You know, that's, that's communication 101. you got to look at each other in the eye. Well, that's also upping the emotional tension and chargedness to it. So one of the things you can do when you're having tense conversations is sit beside each other and not force each other to have to look at each other because then you're not reading each other's body languages and the cues and all the different things that, are, that we send that show we're uncomfortable and we react to that and we're, we're off topic and, and then it just goes on and on and on and spirals out of control from there. So have the conversations, but don't sit across the dinner table from each other. Sit beside each other. So you don't have to look at each other. Don't have on a TV or anything where you can be completely disengaged at times. And then the other option, and this isn't necessarily the best time of year for this, but go for a walk and talk about it while you're walking together. Because there's something very profound and powerful to that idea of we're walking together, Mm -hmm. talking about some of this stuff. Because there's the physical release of tension by just being active and moving. There's the, I'm not forced to have to look you in the eye all the time, which can can remove some of the pressure. And you can maybe be a little more open or honest because you're not going to see their reaction. And then there's also that idea of we're journeying someplace together. And, and yeah, you can, might want to say that in your conversation. Hey, while we're journeying together. No. <laughs> well, I mean, it, no, it can those just are be, very good tips. I appreciate that. Yeah, it, it can just be, hey, I want, let's go straight for this from this email. Okay. I want to talk about our, the, the, the lack of connection I experience in our sex. And I realize this is a tough topic, and I realize that you don't want to talk about this, but there's some important things I want to share. I don't want to pound you with questions or anything like that. I just, I just want to get some stuff off my chest because it's really bothering me. Can we? I want to schedule a time. Let's meet at the mall, and let's mm-hmm. walk. We'll just walk the mall, no agenda. No, we're not going to go. We're not shopping. We're just walking. That's where it's, so you're enclosed. You don't have to worry about the weather. If you're in a place that allows for a better environment of outside, then do it outside even better. There's something about being in nature. Mm-hmm, I think so. But so. So it's kind of you schedule a time to meet and have this conversation, and you're going to do it while walking. Very good. That, I don't think it has to be the whole conversation either. You can, absolutely, you know, you can share some things and then and then change the subject. Yeah, I, and you don't have to. It, you don't have to think we're going to have this big, huge, daunting conversation, and manipulate an outcome. That's perfect to just say, you know what, I'm not trying to control anything or or make anything happen. I just feel like I I wish you understood this right. from and, my perspective. And that's that leads into a great idea of. One of the things I try to counsel people a lot is we've got to, you've got to learn how to let go of your attachment to outcome of things in life. That we get so attached to certain things that we want to happen and occur that it ruins what actually happens and occurs. Mm-hmm. That, that goes back to that idea of being present. Sure. That speak from the best in you, speak from the, the best part of you, from your gut, from your feelings, from, from the solidness in you, from the authentic you, 
and then let whatever happens happen. Don't, don't speak, have an attachment. And speak to the best in them. Believe in the best in them. Not so. So you're coming from your best self, and you're expecting to address their best self, not their most weakest. Everything you've seen badly in the past, right. you're expecting something positive. And the, and the beautiful thing about a system is when you come at it from the best in you, the best in them rises up to meet that. That's just uh, that's just inherent, and that's that's a beautiful thing to watch unfold. Because you, you see the best parts of each other then, which just increases the romance or the spark or the connection. And then you just kind of follow it from there with that with no attachment to the outcome. So it's more navigating in the moment rather than navigating by planning out. Yeah, the more you can learn to not try to control an outcome, just the happier you'll be staying in the moment. Yeah, absolutely. So the other thing is, the other thing that comes to my mind is if he is, the husband's frustrated by the lack of connection. So it sounds like, and this is just my read on it, it sounds like his wife is into the sex out of duty more than connection. It's almost like it's the woman's, it's the wife's role to satisfy her sexual, her, her husband's sexual needs. So therefore, I will be the one that will do that. That's my role. Right. And Sounds like it. Yeah, and there's nothing wrong with that at, at its foundation, I think, because I believe that in marriage we are called to be there for each other sexually. But there's also more to it than just being a physical presence. There's, there's being an emotional presence, a mental presence, a spiritual presence with them. So if he is frustrated by the lack of connection, this comes down to his own integrity, I think. And it's going to drastically change the system. And it's built on the idea that you and I have talked about, Gina, of mm -hmm. that don't try to change your spouse, change yourself. That if he wants more connection in sex, he needs to not settle for sex without connection. Meaning, sex may be going on. She's not present. It's fairly obvious she's not present. Does he continue? That's the integrity issue right there for him. <laughs> so one of two things is going to happen. He's going to express his emotions here and, and make a demand. All right, listen, you're not here. You're not present. I don't want to make love to a woman who's absent. So her response will either be good because I didn't want to do it anyway. Right. Or, or so then he might have to go without sex. Exactly. And it's a huge move. Or um, she might say, well, listen, here's why. And... He's going to have to be prepared to, to face his shortcomings and, and where she's not feeling connected. Exactly. Remember, when we've talked about this before, if husbands and wife both want to meet on a heart level, intimately, emotionally, spiritually, very often as females, we need our emotional buttons pushed before we're opening up sexually. We need to feel emotional connection. Right. So my guess is if she's not feeling, and whereas he might feel the opposite, um, but if he's, she's not feeling the desire to be present, something is not happening in, in her day or in her relationship with him that's making her feel like, oh, I love it here. I want to open myself to you. I want to be pleased. So it could be even maybe he's not a great lover. She doesn't even want to tell him that. <laughs> and and that's, a t that's a tough thing to say to somebody that, you know, yeah. and, and that's actually happened in my own marriage of my wife has told me 
years ago that I don't like sex with you as much because I don't get anything out of it, really. Oh, ouch. Yeah, that exactly. Yeah, that I felt about <laughs> an inch tall. And it's like, but I understood where she was coming from. That was the best in her standing up for her. It wasn't said as a total, I've, I'm just taking, taking this out personally on you to hurt you. It was, no, this is what's truly going on. That, and, and, and I can understand where it's coming from because my sex life was skewed by porn early it was on. About, it was and about Corey. It was about me. It was all about me. It was not about her. And right. so as that unfolded then, sex did just become all about getting my needs met. Who cares about her? So I was just totally object- objectifying my wife. And so when she spoke up, that drastically changed the system. But at the same time, then, when I started addressing those things and started learning how to become a better lover rather Mm -hmm. than just, I don't even know the phrase. Meeting your needs. Yeah, rather than just getting my (laughs) needs met, I guess, that when I actually learned how to try to be more present and, and how to connect more, that put more pressure on her then to have to deal with her own shortcomings and, and inadequacy fears and, and all these different things that she had. And then that kind of shifted it back to the dynamic that's being discussed in this email that sex really transformed for us. She got more pleasure out of it, but there was an emotional component missing. And I started recognizing that. And, but for the longest time I would just plow right through it. I didn't care. (laughs) It was still kind of that whole, you know, dilemma of this is about me or about her. And so, you know, it'd be about me until finally I realized and was catching glimpses of, you know, we talked about it several shows ago of how to have that follow connection, follow the connection sex, how to have through the roof, you know, ecstatically good pizza sex, not Mm -hmm. just okay (laughs) pizza sex. And rather than chasing an orgasm, following the connection. Yeah, it was Mm -hmm. actually a, 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 a full on meeting of the spirits, I guess you could say between us. When we would catch glimpses of that, that's what I wanted more of. And that's what she wanted more of, too, but we weren't really sure how to get there. And so what changed it for us is during sex one time, we're, we're, you know, everything's unfolding. We're following the script. (laughs) And then all of a sudden, I, I just, part of me just realized she's not present. She's not here. And it was obvious that she was mm-hmm. she was just there physically but she was not there emotionally she wouldn't look at me it was you know it was just one of those full on we're just two physical beings having sex and i stopped and i asked her where are you and she's like i'm just i'm not here i'm like okay and normally i would have just tried to figure out a way to convince her i would have stopped and we would have tried to have a, this nice conversation to What's going on? Maybe I can get you aroused again. You know, all this kind of work that could be involved. And sometimes it would work, sometimes it wouldn't. But this time, for whatever reason, I took my own advice that I'm giving our emailer here mm-hmm. of, I said, okay, I don't want sex when you're not present. So you let me know when that comes around. And I got up and I walked out. <laughs> and she said that was a pivotal moment for her and looking back. Because it fully made her have to really wrestle with some things. Because it was, I can, I can uh, identify with this emailer because this is kind of the story of my marriage at times. That she didn't want to talk about it. 
because there was a lot of uncertainty and a lot of unknown. Right. But that move meant I may not have had sex again with her. Okay. I hated the idea of it. And I didn't really think of it as, as that big, but it could have been. But then she started growing up in a sense. She started owning to her own sexuality and owning her own essence and, and working to be more present. And now she can speak up more. She can speak freely, which, you know, we, we usually don't have problems with speaking freely to each other. But she can speak freely when something's unfolding and it's not working for her. She can just say, no, stop. This isn't working. I want to do this or let's do that or no, not happening right now. Or I'm just not into this. You know, (laughs) I'll, I'll give you, if you want to just get your needs met, we'll work out something, but I'm not (laughs) into it. You know, so it's just kind of a, it's making it all overt. It's, it's just making it all in the open. And just being safe to have these conversations, the the same conversations are at once terrifying and completely liberating. So this is a special case because I love that they both listen to this show. So we'd want to ask you, have you guys ask yourselves, why don't we talk about it or why don't we connect? Is, and, and, and remember a time if you did, if you ever did talk about that time and, and let the thrill come back about even letting yourself feel the memory because it's still present. Well, it's still real. And also mm-hmm. uh, coupled with the idea of, no, of having no attachment to the outcome is being okay with an answer of, I don't know. Right. You know, why aren't you into this? I don't know. You know, I mean, it, it could be, that's, that's an honest, valid answer in the moment. If yeah. you let that rest for five years, that's an issue. Because obviously it's something that's going on that is frustrating your spouse. And mm-hmm. one, of the, one of the beliefs I've heard from some people that I agree with is the idea that when one person in the, in the relationship thinks it's a problem, it's a problem. And so yeah, you, but need, it's, you need to and talk it's, about it. And it's your problem. And it's not your spouse's problem. It's an issue that together you get to work on and grow through. Right. Right. Because things that happen in marriage are co-created. Absolutely. They don't happen on an island and you're not a victim. You're a volunteer when it comes to marriage. You (laughs) co-create what happens. And so one of the things that needs to be done, and this is just our our regular counsel, I think, is the idea that don't change your spouse, change you. What are you contributing to the situation? How are you co-creating what's going on in your relationship? And then you work on you and changing what you co-create. And that will put pressure on them to have to deal with some of that stuff that's just there to seek answers because there's help out there. There's friends, there's professional help, there's sexy marriage radio, which is, <laughs> I think, at the top of the list of where you should turn. <laughs> and all the stuff on our store. Come yeah, on, people. <laughs> the sexy marriage summit, the series, the other things that are coming on down the, that we have in the works. I mean, there's blow up my marriage, which is the class simple marriage does next year. I mean, there's all kinds of things that could be done that will help you and will help your relationship. But it's got to be you that wants it, not being forced by your spouse. Yeah. If, you know, so often to us, us low desire women that I, we're so busy and, and when we're not aroused, the idea, the thought of all the work it might take in our minds, it just seems like daunting. Right. You know, 
I remember once telling Paul, oh, you can do anything you want if I can just lay here. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Yeah, he didn't laugh. <laughs> I, I could understand it. That's a, that's I'm tired. Yeah. <laughs> I had, so. some, I had some bad thoughts there for a second, so I'm not going to go there. <laughs> but it, it is one of those that for great sex to occur, two people have to be present. Two whole people have to be present. And that puts pressure on each person's shoulders to yeah. do so. But it's not necessarily Present. pressure. I don't, think it's, I don't think it's necessarily pressure. It's just the onus is on your own shoulders. To be present, follow the connection, speak up, speak from the best in you. And I think that's a good way to live life. Yeah, absolutely. That's why. Oh, that's why we talk about sex. It's really this metaphor for your whole marriage and and how you do life. And it's so, because it's so intimate. Exactly. And so if you can learn to be more present in your intimate most moments, you can learn, you can be more present in your own life. Anywhere. Sure. And that's that's one of the things that's been amazing to me as I kind of watch the world go on around me during this holiday season is uh, in large part. And and this is just a total hypothesis on my part, and it might be a little bit of a judgment on my part. But it seems like largely a lot of people are just going through the day robotically. You know, it's just this whole, well, I got to do this now. It's just a to-do list. It's a checking things off a to-do list. And the, and the lists are miles long. And so that's that whole idea of I'm so busy. You know, that's the common answer. Hey, how you been? Busy. Yeah, I'm you know. so busy. Totally. I had a friend. Her response was always, I'm totally, completely overwhelmed. And get this. I read this article that said, "If this is so stupid. If you're, I think it was 40 years old or 50 years old, I forget. But it said, you have approximately 500 days left to live. And their point was, by the time you take away work and all this stuff, like all uh, like anything, all these elements of your life that are kind of the non-negotiables that by the time you are left, almost like a, a time account of your flexible spending or whatever, you know, whatever time is not already spoken for and accounted for by unpleasant activities will only equal 500 days. So make them count. And I'm thinking, well, that's pretty stupid. Why would we not just choose to be alive through every moment and find pleasure in the mundane mm-hmm. and in what we have to do it's that's that's ridiculous but we do live that way we're always putting off our pleasure waiting until five o'clock friday instead we can be present yeah that that idea of, of, of be where your butt is <laughs> <laughs> whatever's going on be present be present in that moment um when i was in went to see family for thanksgiving couple weeks ago and I I really tried to practice that of just being present because family you know I love family and I hate family (laughs) especially extended family because there's just nuances of stuff that are just like wow that just drives me crazy and so I, I really tried to work on how can I just be present in the moment let go of the attachment to how I want things to unfold and really be present, really listen, really be engaged, not give the short pad answers, but actually engage in the whole time I'm there. And it made a huge impact on how things went. Cause we you enjoyed at, yourself. Yeah. 
It was it was about twelve hours too long of the time that we were there, but it was uh-huh. great. I mean, it, and that's just largely because we were just ready to get back home. You know, ready to have our own world again. Because you know, you sleep in your own you know different house, you sleep in a different bed. It's just all those changes are just. They're great, but not for long term. <laughs> oh, I, I miss that so much, not living in Washington. You know, I've got five, four sisters, where there's all five of us girls in our big Italian family. And I love, I love calling after the holidays and hearing, okay, who got mad? Who had a fit? What was the drama? <laughs> right. <laughs> so, right. It, but it's, it's good. If you can be there, be present. Absolutely. And it's, and it's that we live in an age of distraction. We, we live in an age of technology that is just added to a false sense of connectivity, but it's not connection. I know. Think about our listeners during this show. They're probably driving, working out, surfing the Yeah, the who knows what else is going on. <laughs> Texting. Exactly. And I was reading a uh, Reader's Digest article while we were in, in Kansas with family, and it talked about the age of uh, multitasking and how if you try to multitask in essence, you're really doing everything poorly because our brain is designed to do things slowly and focus on one task at a time. And at the end of it, there was just this study that was mentioned by some doctor. I can't remember his name, but he talked about how one of his clients was a lawyer and he negotiated a deal that was hugely in favor of his client. And the doctor asked this lawyer, his, his client, of how'd you do it? You know, how did you get it negotiated so one-sided? And the lawyer's response was, I was the only one in the negotiations not on my BlackBerry also. Oh, my gosh. That he was the only one that stayed fully engaged throughout the entire negotiation without disconnecting from where his butt wasn't, you know. And that's, that's a great model for living life. Of just well, it be is. where you are. And what a more fun laboratory to practice than in the bedroom, being present with your mate. Absolutely. <laughs> when you master that, you'll become richer, happier. Sure you will. More successful. You'll have less, Absolutely. You'll have less stress. You'll have less anxiety, less worry, because you'll know beyond a shadow of a doubt, whatever happens and whatever unfolds in your life and in your relationship, you can handle it. Yeah, absolutely. Because you can be present and you can talk. And you can speak up, and the best in you will rise to the occasion, and then the elegant solutions begin to appear. I mean, that's when, you, when we go right back to this emailer. It's a difficult issue to, up, to, to express concerns or disappointments or frustrations when it comes to sex and intimacy. It's tough because it's personal. You know, it's personal to you. It's personal to them. It seems like a personal attack. But at the end of the day, it's not. It's not a personal attack at your spouse. It's a planning and a desire to want more. It's a planning and it's an, it's an intention to be better, to experience more, to be better, better who we were designed to be, maybe. Yep, which is why we continue to champion the fact that the best sex is married sex because that's where you're committed to working these things out. Absolutely. The person, the, the person most likely to give you the best sex Climbs into bed with you already. Absolutely. And is wearing your ring. (laughs) And if you continue down that path, even though sometimes it's uncertain and shaky and scary and and fraught with danger, it appears, when you really speak up, though, it's usually not near as emotionally charged as you think it is. Yeah, the results are worth it. Absolutely. 
So keep at it. I would say speak up. Let the best in you rise to the occasion, and you'll be surprised how the best in your spouse rises as well. Yep. Something else will be rising too, I'm pretty sure. And on that note, <laughs> this has been Sexy Marriage Radio with Dr. Corey Allen and Gina <laughs> Paris. If you want to hear more from us, uh, subscribe on iTunes. Leave a review, uh, some feedback. We would love to climb the charts there, and we need your help to do so. You can also find us at sexymarriageradio.com where you can pick up some resources that will help revolutionize your sex life. That's the place. <laughs> so have a wonderful holiday season, and we will see you next time. <laughs> see you next time. Let's talk about